So I had put a lot of internal like pressure on myself to get it done. Um, so that was more of what was weighing on me throughout the entire prep. So all the outside noise that really didn't matter to me, but it was just internal of like, all right, can you, can you do this? Can you say what you're going to do, you know, and, and not prove it to anyone else, but prove it to myself. What's up guys. Welcome back to blood, sweat and gear. With coaches Skip Hill and Andrew Barry, I'm Scott McNally, and today we are joined by IFBB Pro Carlos Thomas Jr. What's up, brother? Welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me on, man. Like I was mentioning earlier, I'm a big fan of this. This has gotten me through many a cardio sessions, <laughs> many a meal preps, everything. Like This is it, man. I'm, Hell yeah. I'm, I'm very gracious and very happy to be on. Thank you. Well, we are excited to have you, man. Uh, all of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings on products like the Team Skip Protein Blend, uh, plus a bunch of other great stuff. Uh, if you have any questions about them, any other flavors or anything, hit me up. If you're in the UK, you can go to Strom Sports Nutrition, get some good health supplements over there. And if you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. Last but not least, thank you to everybody. Uh, who's supporting us from Patreon. We've got some Patreon questions that we're going to dive into today. But first, we're going to we're going to introduce you guys to Carlos Thomas Jr. freaking basically, I'm going to say brand new IFBB Pro. Uh, and we've got a lot to talk about, man. And we're excited to have you, like you said, because you're you're you know, you're a fan of the show. And I, I always love that, man. It's cool to me when we can have somebody on the program that is, you know, at your stature, because I think you're going to do some cool stuff in this sport. Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate that. So I know yeah, to I think, start. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. Well, I was going to say, I think, you know, Carlos is one of the freshest, most anticipated IFBB pros that um, we've seen in a long time because he's just so complete already. And yeah. when he continues to add more of that, it's it's going to be kind of freaky and scary to uh, to watch and, and fun. And um, I will say that me and Nate Spear are looking forward to a rematch with you coming up soon. <laughs> I know. Me too, man. But, this is awesome. But 14 and a half we'll weeks, something like that. Yeah, we're, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the count, the, the, the clock is already on. So, um, but no, I'll, I'll, you know, in seriousness, I, I am a big fan. I've been a big fan. I, I remember watching Carlos at the um, 2017 Eastern USA's, which is a big show for us on the East Coast and in, in the Northeast there. And um, Carlos was a middleweight back then in 2017, okay. guys. And if you recall, he won the overall the nationals as a super heavyweight and a big super weight at that. So, yeah, uh, Carlos, what in the heck did you do over the, that five, six years? And like, hold what, on. What was the strategy? Are these those pictures, Andrew, the, the ones we were looking at? Because you sent the, the two pictures yeah. where he's smaller. Is that where he was a middleweight there? I believe so. And Carlos can I, I think because you went on to do nationals that year, correct? Yes, that was it right there. Yeah. 2017. Nationals. This is a middleweight right here. You don't look like a middleweight, first of all. And then how long after that was this shot? Uh, 2021, so four years. Okay. Four years. Yeah. That's an increase in progress. when you say four years. Yeah, yeah. Here's a couple of front shots. All right. I didn't want to – I just wanted to jump in because I felt like the audience should see that progress as you guys tell this story. I don't know. I just think the camera was closer. God. <laughs> 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 anyway. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't looked back at those pictures in a while, so it's pretty amazing to see myself. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but to answer your question, Andrew, like I, I guess this, what happened was around 2019, I, uh, I started working with Dorian Hamilton out of Canada, um, and he really emphasized the importance of. It sounds silly thinking looking back at it, but like how important the off season is, because like, during that time I was um, I was going to. Uh, I was getting into my, my graduate program and, you know, I, I off season to me was just off season. You know, I, I get, I just get my meals in, I might have meals off and uh, it wasn't really like a lockdown period of time. But when it came to prep, you know, I was always like, okay, let's flip the switch. But when I got with Dorian around that time, he really emphasized off season to me and, and how necessary it was. And honestly, <laughs> it sounds so silly, right? Cause you're like, well, of course, but when I did make that change, like that's when I started making significant progress. So like 
I treated the off season like a prep, right? It was it, it, no meals were missed and cardio was done and the, the training sessions. That I, you know, I, I made sure to, to track and, and progress and everything that I did. I also linked up with my good buddy Kyle Smith, who's uh, my trainer here. He does my programming um, along with uh, Luke Miller. Um, he's out of out of Dallas, Texas, and so everything just started to click. Like my, my training got better, my eating got better. Um, my understanding of supplementation. So around that time, it, it just kind of all came to a, uh, to a point where I, I finally felt like I was, you know, I, I made I crossed that, that that next level up to in, in bodybuilding. So before that, I know you started competing in 2014. I think if I'm not wrong, you might have won your first show, like completely, or did you win, you win your class? I can't remember. So I won my class. It was uh, the. I think it was like a Mar- the Maryland State East Coast Classic. I won my class, and then I went straight to Team Universe, and right. and got fourth in the middles. And then I went to Collegiate Nationals, and I weighed just over the middleweight cap, so I was a light heavy. Um, and I placed second there, and then that's when I uh, tore my ACL, mm. and I took time off from there, and then I came back and. Uh, around 2016 for nationals. That was my first ever like big national show, NPC National 2016, and I uh, got my ass. Sorry, got my butt That's kicked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got my butt kicked uh, like bad. So I, I was, you know, how to go 16 out of 16. I'm pretty sure I was the last 16. <laughs> so I was like really bad and. Um, so I came back 2017, and that's where you saw me at the at the Eastern uh, USA's and. Yeah, we, we, we made top five in the middleweights that year. And then that's when I took time off uh, going to school, things like that, and, and uh, you know, starting my career career. I want to point out of that Easterns, you uh, you lost a very close overall to Vlad Petrick, who is also an IFBB pro now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, cool. All right. How'd you so turn then... your ACL? Oh, I'm sorry. I just no, completely no, no. just ahead, jumped in. I just I'm curious how you tore your ACL because that's not typically a gym injury. That's a I think we'll go play a pickup game real quick. Oh, bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was like already something that was it was nagging me for a while from playing football. And I took a, a, a bad slip in, in my college parking mm-hmm. lot. Um, and, the, and the way I fell, it just did. It just, you know, it was something like I knew was wrong. Because it wasn't, it wasn't like wow, like this is like a huge pop, but I knew something was wrong. And when we got it checked out, they were like, "Yeah, this is this is you, you tore your ACL." And I was like, "Well, damn, uh, <laughs> where, where, like, where do I go from here?" Uh, so we ended up getting this uh, surgery. I, that was in September, and we ended up getting surgery maybe I think December because I had to wait till winter break for um, for school. Mm. But yeah, it was something that like I think it was like a nagging injury from football previously that just crept up on me and that was like the perfect storm of uh the way i fell and it just way it twisted so yeah well hopefully you'll be able to you know train around it and get your legs back one day (laughs) yeah your legs are incredible man were were legs always a, a really strong body part for you like like even before bodybuilding were you a guy that always had like really good quads oh yeah yeah so it was like when everyone, when in high school, or when I started benching, well, not benching, when I started like football and lifting, everyone's doing benching, 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 benching. Yeah. But like, I admired like running backs like Maurice Jones, Drew, um, and then at the time I was looking at um, like Earl Campbell as a Earl, old school running back, but he had huge legs, and I was like, man, like I'm a running back, I need to have big legs, so. All this benching is not going to do anything for that. So I'm going. Like, I was squatting. So when people were benching twice a week, three times a week, trying to get a big chest, yes. I was squatting heavy, like twice a week. And and I feel that that laid a great foundation for, you know, when I got into bodybuilding, I I, I was just a, a a squatter. You know what I mean? Like I I I I really trained, you know, my legs hard every day. And I I I felt that like if I kept doing that when I was playing football that eventually I would get those big legs. And yeah. I did, I did, but, um, it came after, after football where my legs got a little bit bigger. What, what <laughs> was heavy back then? Um, heavy to me was, 
my 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 heaviest squat when I was in twenty years, nineteen twenty years old was six twenty five. Okay, for one rep. <laughs> okay, no 625 kidding. Six twenty five for one rep. Yeah. Now, are you still that. are you still doing squats nowadays, or is that something you've moved into other machines, <clears throat> or what's your thoughts on leg training today? Um. So we do mostly the pendulum squat now, uh, but we still we'll, we'll throw in some some barbell squats here and there. Um, I haven't done the barbell back barbell, barbell back squat like maybe like maybe like six seven months. It's been a okay. while. I've just been doing the pendulum, and it's something that I, I enjoy barbell squatting. So we'll throw it back in just because like it's a it's a it's a tough movement that is fun to me. You know, I like to I like to see the weights go up. I like to do drop sets, things like that, like push myself. Um, and yeah, it, it's something that I'll always keep in because I don't have any issues with my back, my knees, my hips, so I can still do it. Um, well, right now we're just doing the uh, the pendulum squat. Do you feel like the you know because you hear that a lot? Like, okay, here's my here's one of my thoughts though, is I wonder if some of the younger people who are watching would be like, oh well. Carlos doesn't do squats and he's got incredible legs. Do you feel that that squatting back in the day was the foundation for that? And I, like we can't really know for sure, but let's say you only had a pendulum squat back then. Do you think you could have done you you would you'd be where you are today without having had that foundation? I think I would have good legs cuz I was if there's two things I was born with, <laughs> I was born I was born with a set of legs and good arms. So yep. I think those are something that would come to me very naturally. Yeah. Um, but would they be Fair as enough. good as they are today? Well, I don't you, know. I can't, I can't speak to well, that. Think about it like this, though, because you built such a base level of strength. And while yeah. that squatting strength that, that squatting <clears throat> strength carries over to other uh, movements like the pendulum squat or like the sissy squat or, you know, the hack squat or any other machine. So do you mm -hmm. think that, you know, that, that, that base that you built, you know, five, 600 pounds, because if you're squatting 625 for one, you're doing 515 for sets of eight to 10 somewhere in, in your career there, which is a lot of weight for those, you know, hypertrophy ranges. Do you think that that really contributed to you being able to get on the, um, the pendulum or some of these other machines and, kind of fly through instead of kind of getting those baby gains, those, those, you know, trying to develop strength on that machine. Like you already had such a base of strength to go on. Do you feel like that helped you? Oh, 100%. Um, like these are like, this isn't something that I've been doing, you know, for a very long time. The pendulum It's something we just implemented in the past, like, like almost not even a year. Um, so I, I would definitely say like when I've developed that base, you know, of, of lifting heavy loads underneath the bar. Um, it, it, yeah, it definitely translated to making it easier for me to, like, adapt to the pendulum versus going backwards and do pendulum to barbell squat. Um, so, yeah, all those years of lifting heavy and, and squatting has definitely laid a foundation for me um, so that now we can, you know, take the load off of the low back, take it off of the hips a little, like, you know, in a, in a mm -hmm. barbell squat situation, and focus solely on okay let's make sure we get um, good knee flexion here target the quads so now we're being a little bit more specific with the training um but we still we'll still go back to some point in time throwing in a little bit of those grit exercises because i feel like at some point in time you you need to go back so, you know just to stimulate the body yeah yeah and for the listeners the the younger kids listening this is a huge takeaway i think i'm glad to hear you say this carlos because the strength is important early, not only for the major muscle groups, but for the stabilizers, even your lower back when it comes to squatting. Mm -hmm. So that when you do move on and you get more specific and more isolative, that strength and those stabilizers aren't weak. And that yeah. is incredibly important, especially for longevity. When you talk about things like not just, you know, I mean, the hips, the glutes, the lower back, that sort of thing. So, you know, you make a good point with the strength, the power movements being, I would say, arguably more important at the start because, I, you know, you guys, I think, have probably seen the same thing. As people advance into the pro ranks, there aren't a lot of guys these days doing the bulk of their training with squats. There are exceptions, and I understand that. And this is a huge correlation versus causation argument. I get that as well. But I'm just basing my opinion on an observation of what I've seen over the years. And not everybody 
there's less and less squatting, free weight barbell squatting as people advance into the pro ranks, at least in the open division, the guys with bigger legs. You guys see the same thing? 100%. Though I'll tell you what, who who does squat, it seems like every workout, Mr. Olympia. Yeah? Yeah. You guys seen the videos with him him and Hani? Uh Yes. He's squatting five, six, seven plates, and then he does walking lunges with like three three bills on the side, and he's just like he's going for a walk with a barbell on his back. I Um, love that. That's amazing. He's yeah, he's next That's level. Amazing. He'll do the he'll do the strip sets as he's like he'll hit a couple reps. They'll strip off a plate. He'll hit more reps. They'll strip off a plate. I'm like, this is nutty. I gotta but, follow Instagram a little bit more. I got to. Uh, I I know too, Carlos. Like even though like, you've got incredible legs, but okay. So this is where I guess things are going to the next level. From what it sounds like, you're not backing off on legs in any by any means. I mean, you what I saw recently, you posted that you do. Uh, more of a ham focus day, more of a quad focus day. How often are you are you hitting legs now? Uh, so I would say up until this like fall, that's what I was doing. Probably like one leg day, like quads and hams together. Um, but when I started working with Luke Miller, he switched some things around to my program where I started doing like a like a PPL type split, and now we're hitting. Uh, quads say like today, like today Wednesday was my, my quad focus day and it was one hamstring. And then on my next, um, pull day, uh, we'll do a hamstring line leg curl and then superset that with a RDL. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're still trying to grow your legs basically is what we're, we're getting at here. Like, I mean, you've got incredible yeah. wheels, but I mean, I guess what my guess is, is you're thinking, well, now I'm going into the pro ranks and there's no such thing as having big enough legs, right? No, no. I, I mean, I, we cut, we approach a training session as like, if something's good, like why back off of it? Hmm. Just right. we'll, we'll, we'll modify it. Like we don't have to, like, again, like I'm not doing barbell squats till I puke anymore, but um, you know, we still want to go in with the intent of, 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 of you know, doing, doing work. <laughs> I don't yeah. want yeah. to not, to, to, to pull off the gas on certain body parts because it's not in my mentality to do that. Um, so if something's good, like my arms, you know, why not make them better? If my legs are great. They can be, they can stay great. Oh yeah. What, what do you want to yeah. bring up? What would be, if you could say like one thing you'd really like to see improve or what would be that for you? Oh, the back. Definitely. Okay. We've been working that, like we've been working that thing crazy. Um, it's the, it's been, I would say one of the glaring weaknesses on my body um, because I think I've been such an arm dominant person that um, I've had to retrain how to pull um, and not use my biceps and to not like to to learn how to engage the lats from, you know, the Mm -hmm. beginning of the movement all the way to the end of it. Um, So what we did this year is, you know, we basically stripped down everything to build it back up. You know, so a lot of the things were, all right, well, let's see if we can, you know, like take, because I could barbell row four plates, but, you know, it, we didn't see any benefit from it. So let's break it down and let's really focus on like you fully opening up your scapula yes. and then retracting it um, and just working to, you know, lengthen the, lengthen the lats and different angles. Uh, th- those are things that may be a bit unconventional to um my my training before compared to my training before but they've yielded some results throughout this off season that i think will pay off come uh the new york pro so that to answer your question the back is definitely a glaring weakness that we had to work on hell yeah i'm sure you guys as coaches have seen that uh andrew and skip i you get a guy who has incredible arms. I'm working with one of those guys right now. Incredible arms. It's a gift. But then when it comes to back, it can also be a curse, you know? Sure. Even an imbalance from, say, the lats to the upper back is another example, too. If you have guys that come to you and they're predominantly deadlifters, they typically will have weak lats. And mm. to try to get the upper back to get out of the way and not do that work and isolate and dig into the lats. It can be a very, it can be an arduous process. It takes quite a while. I think what's, what's notable here with Carlos and, and, you know, listeners again can relate to this. If you, 
if you start big and you're not doing things right and you're progressing and you start fixing the things you're not doing right, those next levels can be big, big jumps. If you're not, if you don't have that genetic superiority, you can make all those changes and you're still going to progress, but you're not going to make those. Like if someone's listening, they're going, oh yeah, my protraction reacher. I've heard that before. I should look into that more. I'm, my back's going to be awesome in a year. <laughs> Probably not. You'll progress because it's a, it's a, it can make a substantial difference in, in your progress and your development. But if you haven't been making great gains all along, there's not going to be all of a sudden this, ooh, and you put on, you know, three inches on your, your lat width and thickness at the same time. So it's Don't huge. listen to Pro Skip, guys. Retraction. Don't listen to Skip, it's, guys. Yeah. You can do it. Just try. Give it give But what have we said? <laughs> Eat all the food. What have we said before, though? Take all the gear. Back training. Grow your back. Back training <laughs> is that muscle group that is, in my opinion, the most complicated to train correctly. Yeah, you can move weights and a lot of people will have a relatively good back and they're not training as optimally as they could, but they don't know that they need to because they're growing. Then you run into like a situation here. Carlos is saying where he's like, OK, now it's a glaring weakness and I have to take a closer look and then to back off and kind of go back to basics, lower the weights, get into that feeling of the protraction retract and then build from there. I got a feeling. But that back's going to come out looking like those legs here before too, <laughs> before too long. It's going to be crazy. I know Andrew had a question. I just wanted to ask really quick, though. Luke, yeah. is he the guy you were with uh, at the Olympia? Did I see you with him there? Uh, Luke was there, but I wasn't with him. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. You, oh, oh, you're talking about Luke. That's that's Luke Carroll. He Luke Carroll. Um, owns Iron Rebel, which is okay. one of my sponsors. Okay. okay. You know, you that know, was Luke, Luke Carroll. Uh, All right. Yeah. I'm getting yeah, confused yeah. there. Luke's also a granite yeah. um, athlete, and I believe he has uh, some ownership in that as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No, but so I want to bring it back to 2021 because I always, I'm always interested in the mindset of athletes, especially when, like, you know, like in my case, like working with Nate Spear, he'd been like, you know, close to like, you know, hit hitting his stride and getting that card for so long, and then Carlos comes around and we start seeing the pictures at 15 weeks out, 13 weeks out, and we're like. Oh my God, this guy's arms, his legs. Like, I can't believe he used to be a middleweight. So anyway, my question was, <laughs> well, my question is, is that everybody, I mean, almost everybody was pegging you as the odds on favorite to win the show from 12, 15 weeks out. And we saw it on the message boards, on, on the Instagram, on Facebook, on all, everywhere. Radio yep. shows were talking about it. What was your mindset? Was it, was it, you know, was it positive for you to know that people expected so much out of you? Was it kind of, did it create some fear? Like, like tell us a little bit about that. It's a great question. Um, for me, it, it really wasn't the, uh, the outside noise. It was more internal and the expectations I placed on myself um, because I knew I had a, I had a goal. I was, I just turned, I turned 30 last May. Um, and I was 29 when I won the nationals. And I, I said to myself, I said, if I don't get this by 30, then we're going to figure something else out. <laughs> so I had put a lot of internal like pressure on myself to get it done. Um, so that was more of what was weighing on me throughout the entire prep was, all right, well, you know what I mean? Like you place you, everything I placed that I said that I would do within my life. I've, I've done it. You know, if I said I wanted to go get my, the certain, my career in a certain city and I went and got it. I said, I wanted to get my graduate's degree. I did the test. I put in the work. I went and got it. I said, I you know, I wanted to, you know, come back and get my pro card. And this was the time. And I was like, all right, well, it's more up to you. And you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's what can you do? So all the outside noise that really didn't matter to me, but it was just internal of like, all right, can you, can you do this? Can you say what you're going to do, you know, and, and not prove it to anyone else, but prove it to myself. Um, so that was more of the battle that I had, but I have a really good team around me. Like my dad, you, you met my dad before. Um, so we would, we would, we would, we would just have talks and, you know, and he would really dig into the mental side of it. And, um, you know, we're heavy on, you know, just just uh, the mental game and, 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 and trying to stay positive. So having that support system was really crucial going into it um, because I wouldn't say it was like a, a bit of self-doubt, but more of like, you know, I, I put a time limit on it and 
but I really loved bodybuilding. So I was like, all right, you got to, you got this one chance, big dog, and you better get it right. So it was more of that that I put that I did to myself, um, more so than anyone else saying, all right, he's going to be great, he's going to win all this stuff. Um, that really didn't get to me. It was more of the the pressure I put on myself. Hmm. I can see that. So. And, and knowing that, you know, because I have met your father, great, awesome gentleman, and you've always had a good support team from everyone I know that knows you, that they, they, they say great things about you, like like Kenny Wallach. We're, we're both friends with Kenny. Kenny was your posing coach. Yes, uh, Kenny's awesome. Right on. Kenny's yeah, great. Yeah, your father. But I also yeah, want to go into awesome. – I also want to go into um, you had a coaching change at two weeks out, and, and if you don't want to talk about this, you can just say so. Uh, but you were working with somebody, and, and and rarely will someone make a change that late in the game because they don't feel confident with who's directing them, you know, into the process. Especially someone, I'm gonna someone who's on your level, like like someone that everyone's expecting like a show from, you know. Um, what what was going on with that, and what do you you know? Do you have anything to say about that? Yes. So during the time I was like off season and leading into that, I was working um, with Patrick Tour and Patrick's great. Like he's awesome, dude. Um, Anything I had to ask him or or anything like uh, um, I had questions, he would immediately answer me. And we did a lot of good work during that off season. And he taught me a lot about, you know, how to properly, you know, train in a certain way, his training techniques, um, and then, like, his nutrition techniques, these are things that I've carried forth uh, even after working with him. Uh, but around that time, like you said, about two weeks out, it was just at a point where my body was really not in a good spot. Um, so, you know, I, I just messaged him and said, hey, man, like, I'm, I'm going to try to figure something else out. And for a few days, I was just working on it with my um, my buddy Kyle Smith because we're very close and he's um, – he sees me every day in the gym and we were putting some things together and, and it started to come, the body started to come back cause I was retaining a lot of fluid um, and it was coming off of me. So I was weighing around 240 to two weeks out. Um, and on stage I weighed 220. Wow. So yeah. So you we were, at, um, you qualified at Tampa, right? Is that right? I can't remember. Exactly. I, no, I, I qualified at the armed forces in That's, Virginia. Okay. okay. And that was in That's November. Right. So, yeah, we were just, you know, trying to get the body to calm down and, you know, just trying to drop some of this inflammation. Uh, so at that point, I had reached out to um, my current coach, Cass Kidry, and I was like, hey, like, I-, I might need some help. And this was probably like 10 days out and 12, 10 days out. Yeah, about around that time. And he, um, he was like, sure. He was like, send me some pictures. And uh, sent it over to him. He sent me the plan, and we started getting to work on it. And you know, I think with him also is he's very um, positive mentally. Like he 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 has this um, this way of I want to say willing things into existence. <laughs> so if I, if he gives me, he gave me a plan, he was like, all right, I'm gonna give you this plan. You'll drop five pounds. And just from like saying that, and then things it, then it occurring. You know, what I mean, there's this positive this positivity that, that that comes into effect, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's just getting an athlete to just get behind it, and things will happen. Um, and that's what started happening. Not only was the program that he was putting together was great, but also the positivity and leading into that nationals, things just started clicking, um, dropping the inflammation. Um, so that Tuesday before the nationals, I, I we landed in in Orlando. I slept for like ten hours that night. And I dropped like 10 pounds, woke up, dropped 10 pounds. It was ridiculous. Um, and then from then on, it was just kind of bringing in the best package we can with dealing with the circumstances we were dealing with. Hmm. Why couldn't you guys have lost a few more? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good question. So um, I wanted to be a super heavyweight because I think it just it, I, I just wanted that to go, you know, with that, you know, super heavyweight yeah. and to also possibly win the overall. It was something that, like, I had talked to my dad with, and I was like, well, we're going to be kind of close to super heavies. Should we just go up or should we just, stay, you know what I mean, trying to stay down there, get down there? And he was like, well, you know, just go big. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we just went up there and we weighed in and, um, yeah, we made it happen. And, and so we went for super heavy and, and the rest is as it was. 
That's cool. So you weighed in as a super, but then you ended up on stage four or five pounds lighter, drier. To, I think you said you were about yeah, 20 we, on we stage. Waited in, yeah, I waited until the end of the night to weigh in. I was yeah. like, let's just wait till the end. So I can fit some more weight. <laughs> it's called playing the game, right? I mean, like, where do I think I yeah. have the best shot? Where do, what's going to yeah. be the best overall look? We actually talked about this on the on a previous episode, I think last time we recorded, guys, about what we do mm-hmm. with athletes the day before, two days before a show, yeah. and how do we tweak things? How do we plan based off the check-in time? Where do we feed them? What do we have them drinking? So that they hit the weight we want, and then we can do whatever we want with manipulations to make sure they're, they they have the look that we want. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's cool. I like to hear these little backstories. So I got to blame your dad. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> your dad seems like he's a really big fan too. I'd say he's probably your, your biggest fan. I, I got a chance to meet him uh, out at the Olympia. He spotted me. You weren't with him. And he was like, Oh, did you see Carlos jr? You know? And then I, yeah. and, and I'm looking online. I see there's videos of him training with you. Like you can tell man yeah. that he is just so passionate for what you do. And I, I feel like that's got to yeah, yeah. add so much to, you know, just, just, everything that every all the aspects of bodybuilding to have support like that you know yeah it definitely does my dad is you know like he's definitely like my best friend he is my best friend um you know because whatever I, I did coming up he poured himself into it whether it was track and football um track and field football uh anything that i did he he was 100 percent behind it and he delved into it just as much as i did you know so if i if it was Football, he was looking up training camps and and stuff like that. And now it's bodybuilding. You know, we're we're training together, or you know, we're going to um, different places to train with people to to learn about their method or something. So we're we're very much uh, a team when it comes to this. That's so cool. So. New York Pro. Who's all doing the New York Pro? Thank you for tuning in to another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. If we've provided value to you today, then please consider contributing to our show. You can help support the show through Patreon. Every $5 helps to pay for the software and the hardware and everything else that goes into making a podcast. You can also contribute by using our code at True Nutrition. True Nutrition has been our title sponsor for several years now. I'm super grateful for them. And I've believed in True Nutrition supplements long before they sponsored our programming there's a bunch of bunch of new guys isn't there andrew um i know nate's doing it Mm -hmm. i know uh stewart's doing it i thought justin shire was doing it but we got word that he's out he Um, mentioned that yeah at the olympia that he was going to maybe hold off man he was the he was literally like the largest human being at the olympia just (laughs) every direction he he didn't look like he was dieting anytime soon you know he was growing for sure I don't know. You got to walk around Carlos here. Like when you see him, it's, oh, it's he's like a big dude. Don't get me parts. wrong, but you you kind of like the Red Sea. But but you're in shape too. There's there's that That's, you could, yeah, you could tell uh, Justin was just like he was just growing like all out, yeah. you know, anabolic at that at that stage of the game. <laughs> so you know, who knows? It be it would have been great yeah. to see him in that lineup with you guys. This yeah. would be a cool show. I know. We had I'm this sure idea. Be... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I'm sure you'll probably have, I, I, I heard from somewhere that like John De La Rosa was coming back to do it. Uh, oh. You know, you'll, you'll probably have um, uh, Justin Rodriguez will probably do it. He's always sure. kind of does the New York pro or, or those shows. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it's going to be kind of this blending of like the real young or the real newest, the newer pros against some of the older established, you know, one foot, maybe moving towards the other direction type pros. So it'll be very interesting to see, you know, this crop of young talent all on the stage together. And, and I say young, but it's none of you guys are like young, but, you know, newest, newer IFBB pros, because, you know, you're 30, Nate's 35 or 36 now. Um, Stuart, well, Stuart's really young, actually. Stuart's only 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. That'll be cool. Well, and it'll be cool because uh, everybody, all the people you've mentioned, those are all people that, you know, we like to have on the show. So I'm thinking I have it in my head. We need to get you guys all on here, like as it gets closer and hear, you know, yes. how things are coming together. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd Trash be awesome. Talking would be fun. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Trash talking. Yeah, battle royale right here. Dug out. Let's go. <laughs> so we were talking before the show. Um, I asked you what you did for a living, what your job was. And Andrew stopped me because I started asking questions. So we, we got to get back into that. Uh, you know, what, what, what do you do? Okay. Uh, so I work for a university, a local university here, and it's a university of Pennsylvania. And 
my title is a research coordinator, um, but I do more like communications side of it during for our study. It's uh, called um, ACAD, uh, Asian Cohort for Alzheimer's Disease. And we have sites in America and Canada, and I help with the outreach side of it. And I also assist with the back end of the websites, documents, uh, articles, um, you know, various research materials. Um, so that's more my role of it. I don't really do much with like that study, study, like scientific part of it. But I get to sit in, sit in, sit in, sit in on meetings with like really cool, really smart people. So um, that's always been a pleasure. And I learned more than I knew when I started the job. What do you say, Okay, so yeah, would it <laughs> would it be would it have been like not politically correct when he asked you what you did and you said something to do with Alzheimer's? I can't remember. Is that <laughs> is that true? Because <laughs> that's something I would say, but I'm not very professional, so I don't know if that's sensitive. That's why you don't have that job, Skip. That's yeah, no, <laughs> that and I'm not smart enough. There's that too. <laughs> no, 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 I love it. That's good. That's a good well, one. I think it's. I think it's you know interesting and something to point out that we have a really good up and coming professional bodybuilder that has a nine to five, and I think we see the trend is a lot of guys in this industry they get into coaching. You know, I think they think it's an easier lifestyle because in some sense you're next to your fridge all the time, you can get your meals yeah. in. But but Carlos, tell us a little bit about especially like when you're prepping, you know, having a normal either college schedule or work schedule. Because I know you you have some advanced degrees. You know, what's that like in terms of putting it all together? Um. Well, as far as college, I that's also one reason I didn't prep during when I was getting my graduate's degree. It was only two years, but um, honestly, it was I, I didn't want to take away focus from that uh, because you know how it gets when you're in prep and you're all in on that things things some things can slip, um, and I did not want to you know take away attention from that because that was very important to me. But as when I got situated with work and I was able to get a routine going on, like okay, these are what my meetings look like. These are what, um, you know, the workload looks like. And I knew when it would fluctuate, you know, how basically I had a good grip of, of the work. Um, so I am working from home. It, it's a lot easier than having to commute an hour. Um, that would be difficult, but I've done it before. So I, I wouldn't have any problem with that, but it's a lot easier working from home when, like you said, when the meals are right next to you. Um, but it, it, it doesn't really weigh on me too much. Um, I would say the worst part is uh, probably just, you know, dealing with, you know, meetings when you're, when you're like short on attention, doing prep, those little things. But obviously, it's, it's honestly not bad at all. Uh, once you nail down the routine, it, it, it's, it's not bad at all. The nice cool. thing about a nine to five job, too, is when you leave, you're done. You know what I yeah. mean? Versus like, yeah. I, I think kind of what you're, what I was thinking, Andrew, as you're saying that is like with coaching, it's nonstop. So you have to constantly be using your brain. If you start slowing down and slacking, then, you know, it's like your business directly suffers versus, yeah. you know, I know it. And if you're working for someone else and I'm not saying you slack, but you know, you, you can get by, you can do what you need to do to get by and, and then still go do the rest of your life and have that nice separation between the two. There is something really positive about that. There's no question. Well, yeah, because you got like a schedule, right? Like yeah. You yeah. go to work, yeah. You, yeah. you clock in at 8 a.m., you're done by 4, you drive to the gym, you, or you eat your pre-workout somewhere there, you get to the gym, you do your training, you go home, you're shutting it down for the night where, and I'm not complaining because, you know, I like my lifestyle. I think us as coaches like our lifestyles, but there's been many shows where I'm up early doing check-ins right before <laughs> I'm going to go get on stage two hours later, you know? Yeah. Uh, mostly because I don't want to get behind, you know, or I've yeah. been up at night, you know, 10, 11 o'clock responding to emails or, you know, talking to someone who's in another country across the world. <laughs> but, but I do think what I wanted to point out though, is that I think a lot of younger guys, they want to get into bodybuilding and then they, without any, even competing, or maybe they've done one show, they want to start coaching athletes. And they think that they're going to jump into this pool of 80 to a hundred clients, paying them good money. And they don't think about setting their life up in the sense that Carlos has like, okay, I know I want to get a college degree. I want to, I know I want to get advanced college degree, a master's and whatnot, and then a, a regular job so that will support my bodybuilding, not necessarily take away from it. So I thought it was just important to point out that like you can keep a regular nine to five and be a good bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think the routine makes me even better. Um, 
you know, I think when you have, when I have like, okay, I have this meeting at 10, this meeting at one, two, whatever the schedule is, I know that I have to, to work around that. So like, I have to get up at a certain time to, to make sure I get this meal in. Cause I don't want to eat it during a meeting. Um, even though I have done it, but I don't want to, um, you know, I want to make sure I, I, I have, you know, all these things laid out, you know, so that they can work together, you know, and it, it kind of feeds off, off of each other. There's some, uh, synergy going on, I guess. Ah, well played. Sorry. Yes. Thank you. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be successful in this, in bodybuilding, you know, competing and, and that sort of thing without being a highly structured person. Anyway, if your life is chaotic and there isn't structure, you're just really going to struggle to optimize your, your gains, your progress and that sort of thing. And I think we've even seen it in clients where their life is chaotic. Mm-hmm. Hell, I've seen yeah. it myself. If I'm being honest when things get chaotic and the structure isn't there, it's just, it's, it's holy shit. And it's a very right anxious now. feeling. It, right. And, and so I would ask you, Andrew, same thing with the move and everything else. Do you find yourself anxious because you're not in that typical, highly structured mode even if it's just a handful of days it drives you nuts doesn't it oh dude i, I yeah. haven't been to a gym since last last thursday oh, um, man. I've, i'm averaging wow. four and a half meals a day uh man. because like you know you first you have two two full days of driving and then we got here and we just wanted to jump into projects that we had to do like you know getting we're putting a new door we had to paint we had to um you know install a tv all the all the little things you know that just yep. take time out of the day and then i still had to work at the same time so right now the gym is taking a back burner me being a bodybuilder quote unquote is taking a back burner for probably the next three or four days but you're right skip it is like it's just anxiety just kind of eating at you like yeah, oh, yeah. I, I need to get back I, I only got five meals in today like what is going on you know <laughs> um mm-hmm. so yeah i can't wait till like i think after this weekend we are back on our regular schedule up cardio walks you know meals on time regular day-to-day schedule which which it sounds like carlos you have completely adopted that with uh with your current schedule and everything oh yeah yeah and it, like, like skip was saying the structure is everything it, it it if you don't have that i i feel like it just it, you'll fall apart it's, it's at one point or another you'll fall apart like in my opinion i know i need it i know it benefits me and um it makes me you know, better all around, not even within work, but just within like, you know, making sure I'm on time for like scheduling things with like, if I want to go see my parents or, you know, I schedule time for my girlfriend, you know, it, I have to have some type of structure or everything will start falling apart. Now she doesn't live over here, right? Uh, Is she in the States? She's in Germany. That's right. Okay. And she's a good um, up and coming wellness athlete. No kidding. Yeah. 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 Man, that's I think a- she'll have I think she's going to have the same initials, the four four letters after her name very soon with Carlos. So mm-hmm. they'll be a family unit. No kidding. So yeah. wellness, yeah. Yeah, uh, Carlos and I have the same big booty Judy. Uh, type, uh, That's a tip. Uh, wellness. wellness all the way. If wellness were around like 30 years ago, Skip would have only been a wellness coach. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, bodybuilders, exactly. I hate muscle. I'd, I'd yeah, here. there'd be those creepy headlines with, with, the, with Skip. So she's in Germany. How often do you guys get to see each other? Um, because that's not like coming over from Ohio or something. That's like that's yeah. a you know. Yeah, I um, I was I was in Germany March. My first time in Germany was last March in twenty um. 2022 and then she came for the summer and then i went to germany to go watch see her compete in november and then she came back over in december okay no october and yeah i came i went to go see her in october and then she came back over in like that december um january time and and then you know we're working on getting her back here Heck yeah, man. It's uh, I, you know, I brought my wife came in from Canada and it's not, I mean, that's, she lived several hours away and that was like, that was difficult. I could only imagine an entire other continent. What was the bodybuilding like over there? Cause I know if you got over there, you guys got to some gyms and stuff. Oh, right. So, um, the, uh, the, the, the gym she trained as more of a, I guess it's uh, what you call it, like a chain gym, commercial gym, chain yeah. gym. But it's nice. It's but it's really good. Like it's it's you can bodybuild out of that gym. The only thing is it's three floors, 
and the <laughs> elevator's really slow and the floors are not laid out like in a way where it's like all leg equipment on one, you know, chest and back on the other. It's very odd. Um, so a leg day at that gym is, is not fun. <laughs> but um, the other gym we went to, which was really cool when we went to um, was it Frankfurt, it was Frankfurt. Um, and I trained with Tim Budesheim, a really good mm. German bodybuilder. It was um, the gym that Marcus Rule started. Ooh, oh. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really cool gym, really old school. Um, yeah, it was it was an awesome place to train in. Like a lot of chain driven machines, which I've never trained on before. Nice. Um, and it was dope. That was the atmosphere in that one was really good. Oh yeah. Speaking of chain, did, were people chain smoking between? Sets? I was going to ask that. Yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of as I'm saying it. I'm like, this is a really bad lead. But lay up. Oh, I'm going to use it. <laughs> Damn, I love it. I, love I think it. that's um, a German. Yeah. It's a German thing. A lot of people smoke over there. Do they still? I mean, I don't know. I don't mean to get yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see people smoking around, like on, like in, like, on, like the platform, the trains, waiting because. Like that's just what they do. Like it, so, yeah. There's a lot of people who just kind of just just smoke, but um, it was it was something to get used to because I was like, wow, oh, man, a lot of people smoke around here. Um, <laughs> but but on the cigarette packages, this is crazy though. On the cigarette packages, they had like these disturbing images of like oh. lungs, like oh, blackened, yeah. or people coughing up blood. So yeah. they're like they're trying to just, they're trying to just, um, <laughs> oh sorry, my bad. <laughs> They're trying to stop you from fucking smoke, from smoking, excuse me. Um, but it's so crazy because people still buy the packages. I'm like, sure, it's wild. Yeah. They have that in Canada too. Yeah, it'll be like this is a picture yeah. of a lung that has cancer, you know. And here's your cigarettes. There you go. Boom. It's so you know? wild. Yeah, they should do that it's with uh, like little packets of uh, Anavar, or like you know, like show a liver that's like you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that wouldn't work either. I don't. Think. No, nah, no, like no. Bodybuilders would still drink it at all, all. Like, as candy. Yeah, yeah. rip so the package off. Me. So, What's, uh, um, what else you got lined up for um, after New York? Were you planning on making a season out of it, or were you just going to do one and done this year? Um, are you thinking about it? Might. Yeah, waiting to see it might. See, as, like as we get closer, Toronto's only two weeks away, um, and it's like an hour flight. So that would probably be like the most the most likely show I would jump into. It would be probably Toronto after that, and um, then we'll go from there. You know, I would have to see, but New York and then you know Toronto's right there, so possibly that one. Hey, one other thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, sponsorship because I know you mentioned Iron Rebel. Um, you know, a lot of our listeners, uh, be it, it guys that are just getting into the sport or guys that have been doing it for a while, a lot of people are interested in figuring out, like, how do I get a sponsor? What would be, uh, well, first of all, I guess, like, who are the sponsors that you work with? And uh, what would you advise people to do that were interested in trying to find sponsors? Uh, so I work with Iron Rebel, my two, my two main sponsors, Iron Rebel and Project AD. Um, so when I got with Iron Rebel, I, it was in 2020 actually. And Luke Carroll reached out to me, Luke the Hawk on, on Instagram. He reached out to me and was like, Hey man, like you have any sponsors? We have been following each other, but he's like, you have any like clothing sponsors? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't have anybody. Um, and I probably had 9,000 followers at the time. Like I still don't have a lot, but compared to other people, but I had like nine, eight or 9,000 and he was like, yeah, we want to, we want to bring you on. And, and then it's been awesome ever since. Like they've been great people. Luca's awesome. And, uh, I, I love working with iron rebel. Um, so I would just say to that note, it would just probably be just, you know, working and making relationships with people because I met with Joe Binley of project AD at the 2021 New York pro and you know, it's been just something that we kind of cultivated ever since then. And then they signed me at the uh, beginning of 2022. So I had I had previous relationships with these people and, you know, I just continued to to grow them. And again, Joe is also another awesome guy and Project Ideas treated me very well. So um, in previous before them, I had worked with uh, um, my old coach's sponsored um, uh, brand, Doran Hamilton's brand, uh, AC Muscle. Oh, yeah. So again, you know, just just another relationship that just kind of cultivated into 
uh, an opportunity. Um, so for me personally, a lot of my, uh, I would say a, a lot of my opportunities just came from meeting people and, you know, and cult, like I said, cultivating that relationship with them. Yeah. And you know how to talk to people too. Like I, you know, I saw you interacting with a ton of people at the Olympia. I think that that's a, probably a big part of it. Once people get to meet you and know you, it's like, Hey, that's a good guy. Plus you've got a physique on you. So that doesn't hurt either. Right. (laughs) That doesn't hurt at all. Um, yeah, I'm not really a social media guy. I would say, um, yeah, I'm more of a, a boots on the ground. Like I love when they send me to, um, you know, store events. I, I had plenty of events this past summer with, uh, you know, Jay Cutler was there and I got to like watch him and how he interacts with fans. And, um, you know, that's something that I want to emulate. Um, and I love that because I think, you know, a DM is cool. You know, a comment is cool. Um, a tag is cool. But when you really get to shake a person's hand, ask them what, why, how did you get started? Why are you here? You know, um, you know, what are your motivations and what are you, what are your future plans? I think that builds a connection with them and then you can, then that's, a, then that's something that they'll carry with them and you'll carry with you. Yeah. Um, and then you might see them later on down the line too. Like I, I met somebody that I met at the Arnold last year. <clears throat> I saw them at the Olympia and, you know, we remembered each other and it was a good, it was a good interaction. So this is what I, I, I love about the sport, you know, building those relationships with people and having an impact. That's cool. That's cool. So, so with sponsors, that's kind of the deal. Like they'll, they'll take you, yeah. like you, you, what do you do? You go places you, I mean, I've seen like, do you do like photo shoots and stuff with Iron Rebel or how does that all work? So photo shoots with Iron Rebel. Um, I've gone to store events with Iron Rebel. I've been to like a, a, a place in Kansas that was awesome um, with the Arsenal Supplement Store. Uh, my, 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 my good friend, uh, Caleb, he owns that with his, uh, with his wife. And, you know, just again, that was a relationship that like I met through my sponsorship. And now they're good people that I have, you know, in my corner. And then with Project AD, they sent me to all like these different stores that have like store events going on. So um, people come through, you get to meet them. And that's that's all what I love to do is just, you know, I don't care. You can fly me anywhere. I'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to throw in here? I, I had a couple like, you know, off topic questions and I had some uh, listener questions we could throw in and stuff. But uh, I just wanted to make a comment that uh, I think a good physique without a personality or integrity is useless. But I'm pretty old, yeah. too. So the younger crowd may not agree. And I've seen it exactly the opposite where they, you know, listeners and uh, followers and minions, if you will, will support a great physique with an absolutely horrible uh, personality and, and person. So there's that too. I didn't mention any name, Scott show. <laughs> so it, it's disappointing to see. So when I, when I do get to meet someone like yourself, it's a really good combination. It's refreshing to someone who's been around for a long time and likes when there's a good personality and a good person and, you know, your relationship with your dad and everything. It's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a good story. So even if I didn't like you, I'd have to. I mean, <laughs> I, I would want to be supportive of a guy like you, Carlos. Very cool. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Skip. Man. Yeah, that, and, and you know what? You hear people say you're like, like, like we just did that interview with Terrence, and one of the comments was, Terrence is such a good guy, and he's really good for the sport. You hear people say, this person is good for the sport. And I think that's, you know, like, that's what it comes down to. You know, what are your motivations? And you, like you said, you're like, I, I, I want to be able to meet people, build relationships and, and basically create positivity. That is, that's good for the sport. You know, that's, that's what it's about. And I think that's fantastic. You know, well, there's not a lot of humility in this sport either. So when I know when I see it, it's refreshing. All right. I'm going to throw in a question here. I had, uh, I, we've got a bunch of stuff, you know, we're all going to do uh, a Q and a after this, but, uh, we've, we've got one that I want to throw in here because I, I want to get everybody's opinion, but I wanted to make sure that we got Carlos in on it too. It was about, uh, training partners. If I could find it, let's see, here's a trend question. Here's a trend question. Here's another trend question. Here we go. Here it is. Um, Jason says, uh, Question for Blood, Sweat, and Gear. The pros and cons of training alone versus with a partner. I realize this is subjective, but I'd like to hear gut responses from you guys. Thanks for the excellent content. So we'll start with you on that one, Carlos. 
um, man, training with my, probably I, I would go outside of that and say just train with my trainer. Like he's he doesn't he's not a training partner, but he trains he trains me, and um, I just I like I prefer that because for around me it's hard to find a training partner. Um, so I would if I had to choose between those two, I'd opt for training alone, um, just because the pool around me is not very deep. Uh, with people that I feel would, you know, want to take the intensity to um, the levels that I try to take it to. So um, I would opt for training alone, but preferably I would love to train with my trainer. Right on. What yeah, about you guys? Well, I think a, a trainer like 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 you have is kind of like a training partner. He's just not doing the sets, but. He's giving yeah. you that motivation. He's giving you that support. He's making sure that on that ninth rep, maybe you get it, maybe you don't. He's making sure you just barely get it with you doing all the work. Uh, I, I think that's a really good relationship. And I can tell just when I see you guys together, you guys have a really good relationship. He's got your back in every sense of the way. And um, you can see why he's been crucial to your success over the last couple of years. But in terms of, um, in my case, training partners, I, I've had training partners probably for the last five or six, six or seven years. And I've gone through a lot of them because, you know, with our sport, people come and go in terms of the attention or their their motivation to either compete or, or whatever you want to call it. You know, someone's into it for two years and then life happens. They have a kid, whatever it might be. Um, so, I've you know, I, I've been I've been blessed though to have some good training partners. And I think the reason why I like them is because you're connected with just that one other person or those two other people. And what I see a lot of times is people that train by themselves even though they're wearing headphones, they got their phone with them. And in between sets, they're scrolling, they're doing stuff like that. And to me, I think that's an intensity burster. And I, it, it, some people can turn it right back on in between sets. But for me, I want to keep that energy and that intensity and that mental focus up for that whole time. Even if you're trading you know, jokes or whatever in between sets, it's very different than like sitting on a bench for two minutes, scrolling, mm -hmm. oh, it's time to do my next set. Yeah. And it, and I, I have no problem. Like if my friends or, or my training partners are, you know, dicking off with like their phones, I'll just snack it out of their hand. And I'll be like, bring that shit somewhere else, you know? Um, so I do think there's pros and cons to it, but I, I like it, you know, in a sense that you can motivate each other. You can, um, you know, as I get older, maybe I'm getting a little weaker in certain exercises. They're getting stronger. It'll push me to try to make sure that I'm keeping up in a sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, like, I think I told you, I, I took a younger guy on um, a couple weeks ago, trained with us. And we did a crazy leg workout, a pretty crazy leg workout. And, you know, while he's puking, I'm not puking, but I'm sitting there like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, this kid can keep up. Okay, good for him, you know? And, yeah. and that pushed me, though, and made me work harder than I probably would have worked that day. So I, I do I do think there is something to say about um, training partners if yeah. you can find the right person that matches intensity. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I have similar thoughts about it as you do, Andrew. My thing is, is, it's twofold. I can't mm -hmm. find a training partner and I would, if I could, I, it'd be awesome, but I can't tr find a training partner that is willing to deal with my limitations after training for almost 40 years. You know, I'll start an exercise. I'll be like, it doesn't feel right. I'll go to, and I'll go do something else. I don't have to explain it to a training partner or justify it. Now, if mm -hmm. I have someone follow me around, I love training with my wife when well, I used to love training with my wife. God love her when she was very serious and everything, because she would literally just follow me and <clears throat> I didn't get argued with. I didn't not argued, but wouldn't be like, well, let's do this instead. And, and I don't want to do that because there are whatever, for whatever reason, there's limitations. But I, the other part is important to me too. And that is this, and this isn't right or wrong, or I'm, you know, my approach is better than anybody else's. It's just my thoughts on it. Since I've come into it, since I was 14, I came in by myself and to me, it's such a me thing. I don't know if it's control. I don't, I've never worked with a prep guy. I've never worked with a nutritionist. I've never worked with a trainer. I just want it all to be about me. And I know that sounds bizarre or very narcissistic, but I just want total control over everything. If I want to change something, I change it. If I'm running behind 30 minutes, I don't want to have to rush or feel rush or that I'm holding someone else up. Yeah. The last minute, there are times where I'll train at a different gym. We, I think most of you guys have, you know, memberships to three or four gyms or, or, you know, access to different gyms. It depends on the equipment that is there. Try to get a training partner to meet those. It might be a, a back workout the next, the following week that I want these two exercises instead of 
you know, the two that I did the prior, the prior week, I need that control and I need that flexibility. So there's no way that I can train someone unless I'm paying them a lot of money to follow me around. And I like my money, so I'm going to keep it. <laughs> well, speaking to like when you like, you know, back in the day, like, did you have a training partner or was it more of the same just by yourself? I have trained with training partners and I'll say this in, in almost 38 years, I can think of four that were great. And luckily Jimmy was a great one, but I was being paid for that very, very well too, but we clicked. So it worked. Um, but there were times he'll tell you if he was on right now, he'd be like, uh, skip never showed up on time for what I'd be five minutes late. I'd be 50. You know, Scott, Andrew, you guys know I'm always running behind. I used to blame it on the four kids, but now that they're grown and out of the house, I don't have that anymore. So it, there were times where it worked very, very well. You can get in three. If you have two train partners, there's three of you. That would, that's ideal because if one seems to be dragging his ass or is having a bad day, you're still feeding. And then the two of you are chiding him to get back, like whatever that is, that's not important. Get back on it. And there's more of a bang, bang. And here's the funny thing. If I'm by myself and someone works in with me, or I work in with them. If they're stronger than me, it does take me up a notch. Yeah, sure. I will push a little harder, mm -hmm. but I always pride myself. I am never going to be the biggest guy. I never have been never going to be the strongest guy. I never have been, but I do want people to recognize. I don't need the attention, but I want them to recognize, you know what? That motherfucker might be outworking the vast majority yeah. of people in this gym with solid mechanics. I want to convey, I know what the fuck I'm doing and I want to be respected in that sense. So I, I'd like to think I do that, but like I say, I can step it up when I work in with somebody. So it'd be nice. I just, it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened in a long time that I've had somebody that I can click with that it actually fits and works. I feel like for younger guys, it can be a good thing, especially if, if you connect to somebody who has a little bit more experience than you, is a little stronger than you are, you can learn something from them. You know, I think that, that there can be a lot of benefit in that. I think that, yeah. I, I've, I've kind of looked at it as like I've gone hiking by myself and then I've gone hiking with a friend. And when you go hiking with a friend, you kind of keep the pace up and it's like you, you keep it moving. I feel like a good training partner can help you with that. I do like three people with three people. I think it works good because that way somebody's always on the machine. Usually, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like or whatever what equipment you're using. Yeah. If, if you have three people, then it's like once one person's done, the next person goes and it just keeps that pace moving versus you have to be careful with two. If you start talking, mm -hmm. you know, then it's like one, two little break and little break turns into a big break. But I've learned a lot from having training partners. But yeah, at this point in my life with where I'm at right now, I just I go out there into the rest of the basement and I just train by myself and I get it done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. One thing I'll say is um, I train with clients. So like people that I prep. And so they're about the same mindset, if you know what I'm saying. They're bodybuilders. They're not – or like like mm -hmm. my two training partners up in Vermont, you know, one of them's a young up-and-coming uh, classic bodybuilder. And then the other one um, was a natural bodybuilding champion uh, several years back. And so he still knows how to push. But I also want to point out something funny. So Nate Spear just sent me a couple back shots, and they look pretty good. So I took a screenshot of my, my camera here to say – just to be like, I'll get back to you in a few – and he goes, Carlos, you traitors. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, oh, <laughs> That's great. I look forward to seeing you guys get on stage. That's going to be awesome. If we could do it, yeah, I would love time. to get both of you on the same show. We'll go head to head podcast before the New York Pro. Yeah, Something like that. I would love That'd that. Be cool. Yeah, you could pull some like Arnold mind trick games kind of thing, and then Andrew, you could be like Lou's dad, you know, something, you know. <laughs> you guys could do that. I wouldn't do that. I uh, wouldn't do that. No, 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 no. Anyway, this has been a lot of fun, man. Um, you mentioned your sponsors. I know you're not a big social media guy, but I'm going to have uh, your your link to Instagram down below. Is there anywhere else that you want people to follow you, reach out to you, anything like that? Yeah, um, so I do have a YouTube channel. It's just my name, Carlos Thomas Jr. Um, but I'll I'll be posting more content for the New York Pro on there as, as we go along throughout the prep. And yeah, if you are um, interested in any supplements or clothing, check out Project AD and then Iron Rebel. The code is just my name, Carlos. 
Just Carlos for both of them. Awesome. Well, we oh, appreciate yeah. Carlos, your time, man. Carlos 10 for Project AD. Carlos 10 ah, for Project AD. Carlos right. 10 for Project AD. And then just Carlos over at Iron Rebel. Mm-hmm. I'm actually wearing some yes, Iron Rebel sweats right now. Dude, I am like, too. I'm wearing a really? shirt and shorts. Yeah, yeah, I realize it. Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah. These are good pants. I've had them for like five years. I think they stopped making them. They're like a jogger. It's kind of like a fitted mm-hmm. black jogger. I don't think they have them on the site anymore, but if they did, I would suggest everybody goes Sorry, out and buy Carlos, some. I just have my Elite FTS stuff on. I, I, have I got, I got Elite F- I'll, I'll send you some. I'll send you some. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm they make good stuff. bodybuilding brand right now. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Stereotypes. They're true, right? Yep. Well, it's like half my clothes are granite clothes, you know, T-shirts that they just send me. And then yeah. all my pants and shorts usually come from Iron Rebel because they are so comfortable and they're not expensive. You know, they're very, you know, economical in terms of pricing. And they're comfortable. You can wear them to the gym. You can wear them sitting around the house. Mm-hmm. When I leave the house, you know, it's it's cool. I like the Iron Rebel, like the beach hoodies, you know, the real thin beach hoodies. You know what I'm talking yep. about? I've got like three of those and two of them are the same color, but I just, I like yeah. them so much. I got another one. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, go follow everybody. If you want to reach out to Andrew for coaching, you can do so at bodyberry.com. Uh, reach out to Skip at uh, teamskip.com. You can hit me up at mcnallydiets at gmail.com. And of course, check out our great sponsors, True Nutrition. Uh, TrueNutrition.com is our title sponsor. Use our code THINK for additional savings. Uh, and of course, Strom Sports Nutrition, if you're in the UK, and supplementsource.ca for our Canadians. Thank you, everybody, from Patreon. By the way, that question we had uh, was a Patreon question. We'll get to some more of those in our next Q&A. We'll see you soon, guys.